Hi everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Daily Delights Podcast. This is your host, Chef Kristen. I just want to say thank you all for uh, kind of putting up with me and being patient. I know that I went on somewhat of a hiatus. Uh, I'll kind of get into that in a moment as to why and what's been going on. But I just wanted to say thank you all for your support. Thank you all for pushing me and encouraging me to get back onto the sound waves. And I appreciate that. So kind of getting into why I've been on a hiatus. Again, I just kind of wanted to kind of take a break. Unfortunately for me, and I guess you all too, being as though you're listeners, especially to my loyal listeners, I kind of went on a hiatus hiatus because I was feeling a little bit, uh, what is the word? I guess stuck for lack of a better term. I was feeling really pretty stuck with where I am in my career currently. I was feeling very uninspired, which does happen to me from time to time. Uh, just basically it was kind of stress induced alongside the fact that I do feel like somewhat my career is at a standstill, or I guess it's kind of plateaued. I'm at a crossroads in my career currently. For those of you who don't know, I am Maryland, born and raised, Baltimore, bred, and I am actually moving to Miami by the close of the year, actually, uh, like right after Christmas, right after the holidays. And so I'm kind of at a crossroads in my career because, and that's part of what today's uh, podcast episode, the topic is at hand, what does Maryland have to offer a personal chef? Um, So if you know anything about Miami, then you know it definitely has the reputation of being a exclusive VIP luxurious type uh, lifestyle that it has so obviously it kind of allows itself to have a market or be more marketable for personal chefs private chefs chefs that want to work on yachts that type of thing rub elbows with celebrities it has a lot of opportunity for that Whereas though Maryland, granted, there are definitely more celebrities here in Maryland than people know. There are more opportunities than what the average person might think. But I kind of am at a standstill because it's like, do I continue to pursue my career here? And then in a few months, I kind of got to shut everything down in Maryland and go ahead and make that transition to Miami. Or do I kind of just ride the wave, lay low? figure things out, make a plan, map everything out for myself, and then just really go full steam ahead once I get to Miami. Um, So that's kind of why I haven't really been on the airwaves, why I haven't really done the podcast, because I've been, my mind's been kind of pretty clouded, and I've been trying to figure out what it exactly it is I want to do and what path I want to go down. So on another note, just briefly, I just kind of want to encourage you all and remind you that regardless of where you are in life, you could be at a crossroads like myself, you could be down and out, you can be at the peak of your career or life or whatever the case may be. Please just remember that no matter what you must press on, you have to continue to move forward. Even when you're maybe at your lowest of lows or you're kind of stuck. You have to encourage yourself and you have to push forward because at the end of the day, whatever it is that whether you're working in the field or industry you want to work in or not, 
whether you're doing what it is you really want to do, maybe you feel like, hey, I'm at this nine to five, it's a dead end job, I'm tired of working it, this isn't really what I want to do, I'm not happy. Whatever it is that keeps pulling at your heartstrings or you seem to feel like you're gravitating towards it or it's getting your attention or whatever the case may be, that is your passion. And whatever your passion is, is the avenue or I guess the catalyst that's going to push you towards your purpose and living in your purpose um so my advice to you all and just a little bit of encouragement is and the thing that's like I said that's kind of pushed me through this whole process where I've been at a crossroad I've been feeling confused I've been feeling stuck I've been stressed anxious annoyed all of the above literally the only thing that's kept me sane is literally being a personal well being a chef period is my purpose. I have a love for cooking. I have a love for making people happy. That's I, I just love people in general and helping people kind of find what their purpose is and giving them hope and showing them love. I do all of that through my cooking. And so that's part of that cooking is my passion and that's definitely a part of my purpose so through all of this that's been the one thing that's kept me sane and kept me going and determined is to remember that at the end of the day this is my passion and my passion is definitely the catalyst for my purpose so I just wanted to kind of sow a seed let you all know that you definitely need to stick to what is being what is pulling on you and pulling on your heart and if you already knew that it was just a quick reminder to just keep going, keep pushing, never stop, and just pursue your dreams. So again, because I was on my soapbox, if you soapbox, I sorry, I'm sorry, I apologize. Then you've forgotten what the actual topic or subject matter for today is. Just to reiterate, it is what does Marilyn have to offer a personal chef? So first, I kind of want to talk to you about you guys about. Gent, uh, gentrification Jesus I cannot talk sorry gentrification um, in certain areas and the effect that it has on Maryland so again like I said prior to I am literally born and bred in Maryland uh, Maryland has a lot of great things going for it regardless of you know some of the publicity that the state gets some of the I guess the bad reputation that it can get at times even for the city of Baltimore I'm one of those people that feel like wherever you go, there's always bad seeds. It could be the suburb, it could be the city, it could be Maryland, it could be wherever else in the world. There's always going to be good and bad people in the world. So as long as you have good and bad people, you're going to have good and bad situations. You're going to have, you know, just as easily as you can kind of Google whatever bad reputation Maryland has. You can Google and visit or whatever experience the total and complete opposite. Um, So... As far as the gentrification goes, in the state of Maryland, you have multiple regions, areas, whatever. You have literally areas like Montgomery County, which is literally one of the most um, expensive areas in the country to live in. I think it's ranked 
I, I know it's definitely in the top 10 list, but I want to say it's ranked somewhere between one and five as the most expensive cities to live in is Montgomery County. And then you have Baltimore City, which, of course, gets the bad rap of, OK, it's just like The Wire or if you remember back in the day, the, cor- the show The Corner is The Corner or there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of drug problems, whatever the case may be. Then you got Hartford County, which is like the most rural suburbs you can probably get in Maryland, which literally has has an area that's the um a pretty expensive area which would be like Bel Air. Then you got Edgewood and um Aberdeen, which Aberdeen is mostly um I guess military background, but in certain areas of Aberdeen they consider a bad neighborhood. Same thing with Joppa, whatever the case may be. Um then you got Baltimore City, Baltimore County, you got Howard County, Anne Arundel County, um what else? Uh, I forget. It's it's a lot of areas in Maryland, basically. Um, And so, the effects, basically, that gentrification has on Maryland, prime example, again, Baltimore. So, most people, again, associate Baltimore as being such a horrible area, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then, you can go to, like, I remember growing up, the harbor was, like, one of the worst places in Baltimore that you could go. Um, There was so much crime there there was so much drug infestation in that area and then today in the year 2018 you can go into the harbor and it's always been a tourist attraction but of course you have harbor east you got harbor west it's definitely become gentrified um in the in the respect of now you have i think it's in harbor east you have the under armor factory or it's not even a factory just a factory anymore it's more like um what is the like a compound um, and then you have where there's like million dollar condos, hundred thousand dollar condos, and then you can literally go right around the corner and get in the midst of the ghetto and the housing projects, whatever. And then you can go to John Hopkins, which John Hopkins is the most respected and uh, hospital in the world, let alone in the country. And you got one side, and that whole area is technically, I guess downtrodden and whatever i know that they're definitely gentrifying that area um because the hospital has bought out so many homes out there and so many properties where they've kind of flipped the housing redone everything the housing is worth three four times more than what it what it was not even 10 years ago um and i say all this to say that it definitely has an effect on the culinary industry in the market itself so It used to be, you know, the further you go out, the more money you can make. Like I said, you can go out to Montgomery County and you might get, you know, a well-to-do client that can afford your services where initially maybe Baltimore County or City or Anne Arundel County, Glen Burnie, that area, whatever, might not have been the place to be. But now you can make just as much money in Montgomery County as you can in Baltimore County or city, if not, sometimes more. You have um, professional athletes. You have a ton of philanthropists. You have plenty of, um, what is it, uh, recording artists. A lot of people come to Baltimore. A lot of people come to Maryland. You have people who their second house or home is in the Baltimore area. So it's all in, I guess, who you know, but it definitely affects 
the climate of the market because now like i said you can save money on gas you can do this you can do that um some people literally there are some people that live in maryland somewhere else like even in like deep creek in the mountains in frostburg that area cumberland whatever they might be their primary home but then they have a second home here in the city and they just don't want to take that commute every day you never really know so there is definitely money to be made in that respect um because that kind of leads me to my next point there's definitely a culinary renaissance happening in maryland um, especially in the Baltimore area, they've kind of caught on to the whole food truck, uh, trend or, um, not even trend cause it's not a trend anymore, but, uh, that niche I'll say of food trucks. Also you have people, um, where you can go like, let's say versus Miami where it's a culinary melting pot. So you got everything from West Indian food to Haitian food to, um, Mexican, Cuban, some of everything, um, Thai foods, whatever the case may be. In Maryland, it's pretty much where everything used to either be, you could get Asian food, like get good Chinese spots. They all of a sudden were, it was sushi spots popping up everywhere. So you had Japanese cuisine. Then, um, it went into, Italian everywhere, um, there's been Italian food places here for a long time, um, Mexican food, whatever, but now you're getting more so into the Indian cuisine, African cuisine, also, uh, it's a lot of Ethiopian restaurants, there's a lot of, uh, Nigerian food places, vegan is definitely, um, something that's kind of taken hold of Baltimore especially but definitely in Maryland itself there's a lot of vegan restaurants to choose from a lot of organic food places a lot of organic markets to choose from so there's definitely a resurgence of the industry and they've kind of taken on this taken on this renaissance type feel and when I say renaissance think of like um what is it uh, I can't even think like I guess exactly what it sounds like because my brain is not working right now to explain what I'm saying I apologize but it's definitely it's almost like the culinary industry has kind of caught its second wind and it wants to reintroduce itself it wants to say like okay like this may have been Baltimore's cooking style this may have been okay we might have always been about seafood or the blue crab and that was kind of our thing but now okay guess what we want to open your eyes to a couple other things we've dipped in that within the fusion and this and that and blah 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 street food everything we got some of everything here for you now so it's definitely been a renaissance a resurgence a breath of fresh air a turn around the corner or turnabout or whatever it is type of I guess cliche you want to use Maryland is definitely more specifically Baltimore is definitely kind of caught on when it comes to that now the current climate of the market is um I guess it's kind of riding the wave almost so like I said it was and I, and I attribute that due to the fact of there's a lot of new chefs, a lot of new young chefs, a lot of chefs with a fresh mindset coming in and kind of being those key players now. Like you got, um, 
Chef Brian, he has a whole, like, chain of restaurants out there. So, he has Voltage. He has, uh, what is the other? It's, I cannot think of the name of the restaurant right now, but it's a family-style restaurant. Um, there's, it's literally been a complete change in the culinary industry here. Um, so, those new fresh chefs, I mean, literally, Maryland has got, gotten into gastronomy, all types of things. Um, so, like, just the hospitality industry and culinary industry as a whole. There's a lot more boutique hotels to choose from. All types of things. So, like, they're kind of riding that wave where though it's kind of... When you... I guess... I'm a big fan of music. So, it's almost like that B-side artist is now... They've gone from... The smaller um, record label or the independent label to now they've gone to like a Capitol Records or, you know, they've gotten the L.A. Reed to back them, that type of thing. That's kind of what Maryland is going through. They riding, they're riding that wave. It's kind of like, OK, well, we just got discovered. So now we're kind of doing the promo. We're on tour. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're getting our name out there. We're doing the interviews, the, you know, touching um hands with the fans we're doing the sightseeing this that and the other and we're just we're right at that cusp where we're getting ready to blow up that's kind of where maryland's market is right now culinary market um so it is right now i'll say a lot of competition a lot of chefs are finding out that hey i don't just only have to be an executive chef anymore. I don't have to be a slave to the kitchen in a restaurant anymore. I, I have options. I could be a personal chef. I could be a caterer and have a lucrative business. I can be a private chef even. I can um, be a restaurateur. I can have a food truck as an option. Um, I can open a banquet hall. There's a lot of banquet halls opening up. Um, there's a lot of bars opening up. So, you know, I can go to hotels, that type of thing. So people's minds are expanding as far as the culinary industry, and they're not so much putting a cap on themselves, which means that the industry, the cap, is, the lid has been taken off of the industry as a whole here. And we've been able to kind of remarket ourselves and, and explore what it really means to be a chef. So that's kind of been amazing. Now, the only downside to that is, of course, now because it's not only people are going to be executive chefs now or, hey, you know, that used to be the goal. I just want to be an executive chef. I just want to run, you know, or sous chef or, you know, I just want to help run this restaurant. That's not the goal anymore. So due to that fact, there's a lot of competition out here. Everybody, regardless of whether they've um, gotten a formal training and went to culinary school or whether they're home chefs or they apprentice somewhere whatever the case may be there's a lot of competition and in maryland especially everyone throws the chef title out there and i'm not gonna lie as somebody who's been in the industry for 11 plus years now it's very obnoxious very annoying when People and I feel like it would be that way with anyone, regardless of what, regardless of whatever your profession is, um, for someone to kind of just throw that title on themselves and say, "Hey, this is what I am." Especially when you're passionate about it and you have a love for the industry, um, and you've worked earnestly. It's a little bit annoying to see so many people who look at the industry, industry. I'm sorry, and see, wow, there's a resurgence going on. This person is having success in this field. That person just trying to try it out or, you know, whatever the case may be. And they're doing pretty well. Why don't I try my hand at that? And uh, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of that in Maryland. 
where everybody wants to be a chef now. Everyone wants to, you know, compete. And it's annoying because you can tell the people that are passionate versus the ones that are kind of just trying their hand at it. Because the people that are passionate about it, that have a love for the industry, are constantly branding themselves or even rebranding themselves, establishing themselves, trying different things um, in the industry, collaborating with people, constantly putting themselves out there in a new, fresh way versus the people that aren't passionate about it and don't really have a love for the industry or even have a knowledge about the industry. And it's all the same thing. Like you'll see, if you go on Instagram, you'll see a lot of, hey, I'm selling dinners. Hey, I have plates for sale. Oh, I might want to do a pop-up shop here. And then that's pretty much, it's almost like, you know, that whole one-trick pony concept versus um, people that are in the industry, they might try their hand at, you know, the pop-up shops because that's trendy right now. Or they might try um, maybe catering because that's just something that maybe, like myself, catering is not at all really what I want to do. It's, I guess, I'm not going to say it's not what I want to do. It is not my end goal. It is not the finish line for me but I've had a lot of clients in the past say hey I love your work I love your food I'm having events on this date that date whatever can you cater this event that's something I don't mind doing it's a service I don't mind extending and offering to my clientele base but that is not all I am as a chef versus some people even caterers here there are caterers that really have a passion for their industry they're constantly recreating their menu or adding new services to their clients or marketing or branding themselves in a different venue than maybe you've seen them in before. So, like I said, it's always ways to tell who's serious about the industry and who's not. Because, again, it's some way or another, whether it's something small and intricate, a small detail, or whether it's something in a grand, more grand way, you always see that they're reinventing themselves at one point or another or some way they're reinventing themselves. Um, so that's kind of the only downset to the mark, the climate in the market being cha or changing is that there's a lot of competition out here. And at the same time, I don't necessarily feel threatened by that because you already know that because it's a passing or fading interest of them or of those type of people um, who don't have a passion for it, you know, eventually they'll weed themselves out They'll, you know, become uninterested. They'll move on to the next thing or the next trend or the next uh, industry or whatever the case may be that's being pumped up or being elevated. And, you know, they'll move on to that. So it's like, that's why I said uh, in the earlier in the podcast, at the end of the day, just keep pushing. Like, don't get distracted by what other people are doing. Do you. If you literally have set out a plan for yourself and you are marketing yourself according to what your plan is and you know what your end goal is and you're purposely striving towards that end goal and doing everything with intent behind it because you know what your end goal is, don't give up. Don't get distracted by, you know, competition or other people out here or the naysayers or the people that tell you no. Any My philosophy is any good and thriving businessman or woman 
will tell you they heard no more times than they heard yes it was a whole they'll tell you that it was a whole you know it was years that went by before they got to where they went that's the misconception and the, the irritation that I have behind social media sometimes as much as it can be a power driven tool and an advocate for whatever it is that you're trying to market yourself as when you're looking at things from the through the wrong lens and with the wrong perspective, you can get lost in the sauce and get, uh, I guess, discouraged by looking at what other people have because it looks like it's an overnight success. Nothing we're having in life, it's an old saying. I know many of you have heard it a million times before. Nothing worth, ha- worth having in life is ever going ever gonna to come to you easily. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the time. You have to work earnestly and effortless, effortlessly to get to where you want to be eventually somebody's gonna see that hustle and that drive and that um ambition and the dedication and the discipline that you put into whatever it is your craft and your purpose and your passion is it's gonna you're gonna get the recognition that you want at some point in life so just keep going don't let the competition get to you don't let the naysayers the no's the anything that is negative don't let it get to you that is just life the devil, Satan, uh, haters, whatever label it is that you want to put on it, that is just those things trying to remove you from whatever it is your passion is. The next thing I kind of want to touch base on is because there is so much competition, it is pretty hard right now to get or build up your clientele here in Maryland. Also, guys, on another note, I find it very funny. It was uh, a good friend of mine, my uh, a good friend of mine, and myself were talking about uh, basically how sometimes you can get discouraged. Sometimes you have a plan, you have an idea, you've either thought about setting it into motion or you've already set it into motion, and lo and behold, here comes somebody in the same industry as you with the same exact idea and they've presented it to the world either the same time you have or just as you were about to and now you're feeling like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do? My plan is ruined. My idea has been stolen. Regardless of whether they knew about it and intentionally stole it or had no clue you even had it in mind and it was just another idea that they thought about, you know, great minds think alike type of situation. Regardless, I saw... um a video that kind of went viral and the young lady that was speaking on the matter, her name is Supercent. She has her own makeup line. And basically she was saying that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred million people in your field, if they're doing the same thing you're doing, if they have the same ideas you're doing, people have options out here. If the market is saturated, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, people spend their money how they see fit, with whom they see fit, with whatever product it is they seem fit. Um, so regardless of whether someone else has the idea, the same idea or the same product or the same plan or marketing or whatever the case may be as you, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they might see something in you, whether it be personally, professionally, or they might just want to give you a chance, whatever the case may be, they might decide that they're going to go with what your idea was, your product, your plan, your business, your service, whatever the case may be, they might decide that they want to go with you versus your competitor or the other person that, you know, you saw presenting the same thing. It might even be just your personality. It might be something about you that they were drawn to. It could be word of mouth, whatever the, 
the case may be. Just because somebody else is doing the same thing you're doing does not mean that you cannot present the same exact idea because what's for you is for you at the end of the day. Nobody, no man, no woman on the planet can stop that. What's for you is going to be yours regardless of whatever the person's intention is, whether it be good, bad, indifferent, whether they know or don't know, yours is yours. What is for you is for you. And at the end of the day, keep pressing the mark. Keep doing what you do. Somebody's going to take notice. And eventually, you know, you're going to be where it is. You see yourself and your company, your brand. And I'm getting off my soapbox now. <laughs> and we are going to get into what today's actual topic is. Or the subject matter, I should say. So, I can tell you firsthand that, you know, it can be hard. It can be trying to build your clientele um here in maryland and i'll only say that because again because the climate is so i mean the the the, i can't even talk i'm sorry y'all because the industry is so oversaturated right now it definitely requires that you have patience and that uh you have drive and ambition and that you keep going and keep pressing the mark because like I said because the market is so oversaturated right now there's a lot of competition and because of that and because I'm not gonna lie here in Baltimore especially but in Maryland there tends to be the mindset of whoever uh out there has the most clout or the most um popularity is who everybody tends to jump on the bandwagon with um until they find out for one reason or another that that isn't the chef for them or that's not the person that they want to do business with um sadly but at that point it's kind of when you have the opportunity and like I said with me personally I've built my business primarily almost solely through uh word of mouth so I technically don't have that problem uh, but because my business is not where I want it to be, I attribute to that. I attribute that fact to a couple of things. One is just not my timing. Um, and two, again, it's the whole matter of here in Maryland, they kind of tend to go with whoever is the most popular at the time. Um, so, but I will say this, um, that once you do get your clientele, the people here in Maryland are loyal to a fault. Um, so once you've kind of locked them in as, hey, I say, you know, just like that whole saying goes three, the third time's the charm. Usually, uh, once I've kind of locked my clients in, usually by the second time, honestly, the first time is always kind of like, hey, I heard about you through so-and-so, or I had your food through whomever, or I was at this person's event and I had your food. I got to experience it. It was delicious. I'd like to do business with you. And then they book me for the first event. They love it. They book me for the second event and they see that I'm consistent. By the second event, usually I've pretty locked down, pretty much locked down that client. Um, so luckily for me, the second time is the charm. Um, well, that's been my success as of currently or lately or so far, I'll say, um, that usually by the time I deal with my client for the second time, whether it be an event or whether it be actually them signing on as a client with me, I pretty much booked them for life. They don't really go through 
any other chefs is either pretty much either they're eating out and dining at an actual restaurant, they're cooking at home, or they're dealing with me. Um, I've never had a client knock on wood deal with me and then jump ship to another chef. So like I said, and I I really don't know any other chefs out there that have had that experience. Um, so like I said, and at least in the, the realm of chefs that I deal with, everybody that I deal with, um, that are chefs, I know personally, and I know that they are very, um, professional one. They're very, they have a lot of integrity. They're honest, they are hard workers. They're definitely likable. They have great personalities. So I can't speak for anybody else other than myself and the people, the chefs that I know personally and that I've had the um, ability to encounter, work with, collaborate with, whatever the case may be. The same can be said for myself and them. I know personally that once we lock down a client, we pretty much lock them down for life. Um, unless, again, it's due for some uncertain circumstance like I know uh, I had the one I had a client at one point who the reason why they started dealing with me they loved their chef they had nothing bad to say about their chef anything the problem was is that the chef was from the Virgin Islands and she just was ready to go back home so literally that was the only reason why they were looking for a new chef is because their chef was moving um so unless it's something like that it once you lock a client down they're yours it's there's yours for keeps and I will say that, again, I personally have had some of the most loyal, um, loving clients that there are. Like, a lot of clients that I have take me in as family. Like, we build relationships past just, you know, professional. It becomes personal. Um, I get to know their family. They get to know mine. We can contact each other and call each other. And as opposed to it being so... um, not curt, but so professional and, you know, just kind of, this is what I need from you. This is what I'm willing to give or what I can do for you, whatever the case may be. It's not no longer that type of a conversation. It's, you know, Hey, how's life been treating you? How are the kids? How's your spouse? How's this? How's that? You know, great job on getting that promotion. You know, are we doing anything to celebrate that? Or, you know, that type of thing. So that's one of the areas I've been blessed in. So there are no complaints from me as far as the clientele here, like I said, you just have to really be willing to work earnestly to get those clients. That's all, you know, it's enough room out here for everybody to be able to eat, for everybody to do what they need to do, to market themselves, to brand themselves, to have a a productive and successful business. If again, you apply yourself. So, um, just to get back into the news of some things I've shared with you all on a podcast episode that was posted earlier. I am pursuing the opportunity of teaching a um, continued education classes or class or classes at the Hartford Community College here in Hartford County, Maryland. Um, I know a few people who are kind of wanting to register with classes. And again, because I haven't spoken to you all, I know some people may have th- thought that either I, w- I wasn't doing it or the classes were not yet available, um, but they actually are officially available on the school's website. So you can go um, to on the actual campus and register 
again, this is at the Hartford Community College and register in the Edgewood building or you can go online. If you go online, you can register online as well as look at a class description, the times, the dates, the days that the classes are available. So the website is harford.edu that is h-a-r-f-o-r-d dot e-d-u what you want to do is go under the continue education tab from there you click on the schedule of classes menu and then from there you select the cooking uh category so the classes that i have available i'm actually doing four courses uh or four classes all of the classes are literally 40 dollars and under for the tuition um and the tuition literally includes everything. You just show up and you get ready to cook. And so the classes that I have available is cooking for mommy or daddy and me. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's mom or dad coming in with your little one or your young one from ages from three to six. And you cook along with them. You cook some, you know, kid favorites, mac and cheese, chicken tenders, that type of thing. Uh, the next class also I have available is couples can cook. It's exactly, again, what it sounds like. It's a uh, cooking class or cooking course for couples. Literally, we do um, three courses. So you're going to learn how to kind of cook when you want to have those stay-at-home nights and say you know how to cook. You just don't know how to cook certain things or you don't know how to cook at all and you kind of want to surprise or do something nice for your significant other. Come on down. This class is exactly what you want and what you're looking for. Um, kitchen creations. That is for kids... I think they're doing from 6 to 8 or 10 to 17, something like that. I can't really remember right now. The paperwork is not in front of me. But, again, all these courses are available on the website with a full description, the date of the classes or dates, the day that the class is held, and the times as well, um, along with the fee and, you know, what's included. So the Kitchen Creations class is a cooking class for your little ones, for your young children who want to learn how to cook. Um... But you may be, maybe you're afraid to let them cook in your kitchen or maybe you don't have the skills to be able to show them how to cook. And it's just really something that they're passionate about. This is a class for them and that's entitled Kitchen Creations. The last and final class I have available is Kitchen Techniques. It's basically a kitchen 101 course. So you're going to learn mother sauces. You're going to learn techniques. You're going to learn how to hold a knife properly. You're going to learn how to... Um, make different cuts, what those different cuts are called. You're going to learn kitchen terminology. Again, that class, which is kitchen techniques, is like cooking or culinary 101. Um, so hopefully you all will go on to the website, especially those of you who were interested in the past. Hopefully you're still interested, and you will go on to harford.edu and register for some of those classes. I'm very excited to show you guys what I have to offer, share my knowledge with you, and see you guys and see your zest and your zeal and your um, quest for knowledge when it comes to the kitchen. So I hope to see you all very soon. I hope you all continue to uh, check in with us on the podcast. Hopefully you all become loyal listeners if you aren't already. And again, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your patience. If you aren't aware, our episodes drop Tuesdays at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you can listen directly on the pod. It's on the uh, 
platform which is anchor radio that i use and it's just under you just search under chef Kristen, and the daily delights podcast is the name of the actual podcast or if you do not have the app you can go directly onto the web and listen and the web address is www.anchor a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m like the uh radio band or frequency is f-m so that's anchor dot f-m slash chef c-h-e-f hyphen k-h-r-y-s-t-y-n so that is anchor dot f-m slash chef hyphen kristen um Feel free to subscribe to this station. I would definitely appreciate it. Feel free to share this episode or any of our archived episodes with any of your family, your friends, co-workers, anyone that's interested in anything pertaining to food, any chefs out there, um, whether they be new or veteran chefs, whatever the case may be, share the podcast. Let me know what you all think. Feel free to drop a line. Um, contact the station. You can leave me a message. You can definitely send comments. Uh, let me know what you all think. If you are interested in following me on social media, the Daily Delights page is on available on Instagram, and that is at Our Daily Delights. That is at O-U-R-D-A-I-L-Y-D-E-L-I-G-H-T-S. That is at Our Daily Delights. And I would love for you all to become clients, especially to those who are in the Miami area. I am definitely looking for and accepting new clientele. If you are here in Maryland, feel free to be a client for as long as I'm here. Unfortunately, I'm only here until... After the holidays, like right after Christmas, I'll be gone. But if you have any parties, any events, or if you're looking for a personal chef, definitely feel free to reach out. I'm accepting clients, new clients currently. Um, and thank you again for your patience. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. You all have a great week, and I will speak with you all next week.